0: So I wanted to do a little episode on Dennis Villeneuve's Dune movie which came out this year and it has received a lot of critical acclaim and it has also been successful in the box office. So as a long time fan of the Dune novel by Frank Herbert, I just wanted to... Compare and contrast and see how it stands with respect to David Lynch's Dune and how well it has been adapted. So naturally with a book like Dune, you cannot fit everything into a movie. Like it is impossible to fit all that information in three to four hours. Like, even if you make it two parts, make it three parts. There will be a lot of stuff you'll have to leave out. Uh, what happens in the cinema medium is that you can show certain things, uh, certain concepts can be shown visually, and that is what Dennis Villeneuve has done really, really well. Uh, we are shown the water scarcity in Arrakis. We are shown that the Fremen are uh, religious uh, people who believe in prophecies, who believe in the coming of the Messiah. We see their oppression under the Harkonnen rule. Um, so Villeneuve has definitely done a great job in visually showing us and not telling us uh, of how uh, things are under Harkonnen rule in Arrakis. So for the book readers who are already aware, uh, who have read pages and pages of world building done by Frank Herbert, they're aware of the sandworms, they're aware of of the water scarcity they know how a still suit works as in the function of a still suit they know about the prophecies they know how the Bene Gesserit go and implant superstitions in foreign planets so that their members are safe there in case of any emergency showing all this in a movie and that too uh, in two and a half hours is not a small feat. Uh, Villain of also leaves out quite a bit, which is inevitable. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the stuff that has been left out. Perhaps uh, one of the most important things that's been left out is the politics, the political system of the Imperium. Or how the great houses, how the emperor, how the Larat and the spacing guild, and the Bendiciet interact with one another. So in the book it is shown that the Emperor's power is balanced by the great houses. Uh, these are noble houses, Also called the Landsrad, is what they're called, their council is called. So these um, sort of like balance out the power of the Emperor. And um, this aspect is missing in the movie. So anyone watching it won't be aware that there are other houses and why the Emperor would want to finish off House Atreides. This is uh, politics, is one of the core aspects of the Dune experience. Like, without understanding the political maneuverings, uh, it's very hard to um, like really appreciate Dune. And so there, um, so um. So uh, Villeneuve has done a really good job of depicting the role of the Bene Gesserit. So, like in a few critical scenes, we figured out what they do, how they make, uh, ensure that certain bloodlines stay in power, how they ensure the survival of certain genetic lines. Uh, the kind of behind the scenes manipulation that they're doing. So this was like uh, well shown in a few key scenes. And the other stuff that I feel has been kind of um, left out is uh, why the Atreides and Harkonnen rivalry started. So, someone who is watching the film, it'll be like a great mystery to him. Like, why do these guys um, hate each other? And it's not just for the spice. Uh, It's a great source of wealth. But uh, the rivalry between these houses is much more deeper. And it goes back quite quite a few years. And there are other things also which uh villain view could have shown better so we don't know uh much about the sardaukar uh, these are the elite troops of emperor Shaddam. so we are just shown uh, they come they sort of slaughtered other soldiers um they're shown to be a superior fighting force but we don't get much backstory so why are these super soldiers um, uh, these are kind of like the fanatic super soldiers what are they um, uh, what are their motivations so uh, where do they come from so yeah so in the book there are parts which describe this and one more thing that I felt could have been shown better um, were the mentats themselves so um, so there is a expositionary part. Uh, Paul has a film book which explains about the native wildlife and the native people of Arrakis. He is watching like a video book with sort of projects, uh, images, 3D holographs uh, from which he learns, but we never learn much about Mentat. So why are Mentats there? So we see Kearney Halleck, we see Peter Devries doing these complicated calculations in their minds. Without the aid of any paper, so why are they doing that? Why don't they have computers? Um, so that's another thing that's been missed out on. So these are very minor criticisms, of course. Like the movie is great; like it does a great job of showing us, uh, introducing us to the world of Doom. Um, another nitpick I have is perhaps. Um, there is not a lot of creativity shown in the costumes. Like the costumes of the soldiers, they sort of look like as if uh, they have been taken from a video game. So it's like the very generic, shiny, sci-fi aesthetic that we are all very familiar with. Um, again this is a nitpick, it doesn't take anything away from the enjoyment of the movie. Um, but. Still as a book reader it's something that I noticed. Uh, So in the next year or the year after that we'll probably get the sequel, Uh, not the sequel the part 2 of Dune. And I'm sure many of these things will be answered in the next part of Dune and I hope I get to watch it in IMAX again. So that's all in this episode. Um, Maybe in the next few episodes, I'll be talking a little bit more about the dune, uh, expanding a little bit on the world building. So see you guys then.